Podcast, Answer Man, episode number 255. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and this is the podcast about podcasting, helping you take your show to the next level. It doesn't matter if you're a brand new podcaster, if you have been podcasting for many years, or you haven't quite yet recorded that first episode, there's something we can all do to take our show to the next level. That's right, my friends, and taking it to the next level, creating that consistent and constant, (laughs) I can't live without content, helping you get to the place where you want to be in your podcasting journey. That's what this show is all about, and we're going to talk about that today. I have a very great question that came in uh, based upon, it was inspired by episode 254 last week, where I talked about creating that consistent content but uh, not just being consistent, but also creating that can't live without content. We're going to find out which is more important, being consistent or creating the can't live without podcast content. However, the very first thing we want to start off this week is with our random plug of the week. This week, I want to highlight another uh, podcast mastermind member, Jesse Leahy, and he has a show that he does with his son and co-host, JJ Leahy. Leahy, and the show is called Man Cave Radio. Now, I happen to work with Jesse on a pretty consistent basis, and he has been producing a really high-quality, great audio uh, production for Man Cave Radio. He's gotten to build a, a pretty significant audience so far, and he's continuing to tweak the focus and the format of his show to, to kind of get a good feel for exactly what it, he, what it is he wants to do. And I think there's there might even be a little bit of a shift towards the focus on intentional living and, and balance and work life and all of this other stuff. If you go over to Man Cave Radio, you'll read that Jesse frequently speaks to audiences on a range of topics, including uh, communication principles, intentional living, and leadership. And I will tell you, you should just check it out. Go over to mancaveradio.com. And if you enjoy the show, subscribe for sure. Leave him a good five-star rating in iTunes even if you want to. But certainly make sure that you let him know that you heard about him from the Podcast Answer Man. So congratulations to Jesse and JJ for creating a wonderful weekly production. And my friends, we are now going to turn today to our very first question. But before we do, let me tell you why I'm in a rush to get through all this content. I have 25 minutes that I've allowed myself to record everything that I see in front of me on my notes, which I'm using in a service called Workflow. I'll tell you a little bit more about that next week probably. But anyway, I am going to be including in this episode, and I I forgot to tell you right at the beginning, I am going to be including the very first episode, the full episode of the podcast report, which is the brand new podcast devoted solely to Blog World and New Media Expo's podcasting track. So more about that in just a minute. But before we do, we have a question that uh, Robert Duff asked as a result of hearing last week's episode. Robert, take it away, my friend. Hey, Cliff. This is Robert Duff from the Voices Among Us podcast. I was listening to episode 254 of the podcast Answer Man, and I had a question for you. Um, uh, Specifically, it was about the part where you were talking about uh, making can't live without content, and more specifically, how important it is to always have can't live without content. And I'm feeling a little bit uh, conflicted between that and some other advice that you had given in a previous episode about the importance of consistency and just being consistent week to week or month to month, whatever model it is that you decide on, and bringing content to your listeners in a way that's predictable to them. My podcast, The Voices Among Us, is a podcast about homelessness, and really the bread and butter of our show is on-the-street interviews with homeless people. Uh, I just started the show last month, and it's, and it's been experiencing a, a really great reaction from listeners. Here's the thing, though. I, I've committed to a weekly weekly content model where I'm giving them content every week. And sometimes it just isn't possible to get an interview with someone for the week. 
Sometimes that's due to weather or other personal factors that just make it impossible to get an interview. And instead, on those off weeks, I'll talk about news and other related topics or things that I feel um, are just relevant to the subject matter of the podcast. And I have a feeling that a majority of the subscriber base just isn't quite as interested in those episodes. They still get decent hits, but I think personally, I feel like they aren't as impactful as the interviews. Uh, So my question is, in the event that I can't get an interview for the week, should I just wait and put up the best content possible when it becomes available? Or should I strive to just keep being consistent and provide content in a timely fashion and allow for some variation in just how can't live without the content is? Um, Thanks a lot, Cliff. You've been really instrumental in helping me launch this podcast and kind of get off the ground and to a running start. So I really appreciate everything you do. All right, Robert. Well, thank you for the question, my friend, and congratulations on launching a brand new podcast called The Voices Among Us. Certainly sounds like an intriguing topic. And uh, yeah, so a couple things come to mind. First and foremost, the big thing that sticks out in my mind is that you started last month. Okay, so first and foremost, don't give yourself a hard time and and certainly try not to overwhelm yourself with the high expectations of creating quality content that I often promote here on Podcast Answer Man. Now, do I believe in creating high quality, can't live without content all the time? Absolutely. Have I lived up to this with the 3,000, nearly 3,000 podcast episodes that I've produced? I'd I'd say you could probably live without a couple of those. I mean, so I'm not perfect at this, but the question in 254 was this, all right? I just just want to take us back in time, go, okay, here we are, 254. Remember that the question was, how do I grow my audience? How do I market my podcast? Okay, so so if that's what the what the idea is, if that's the question, then then the answer to the question of how you know, especially let, let's put it in the context of somebody who comes to me and says, "Cliff, I have been podcasting for for let's just say I've been podcasting for nine months, and over the course of the nine months, I've been able to uh, grow my audience to about four hundred, maybe sometimes five hundred subscribers." But I really expected more, and I really want to reach more than that. How do I grow my audience? How do I market my podcast to those people out in my target audience? Of course, uh, that's what that's what episode two fifty four is all about. And so, my recommendation is that before you go through all of the process of really uh, ramping up and taking things to to the next level when it comes to marketing your podcast and growing your audience. Before you do that, I say get to the point where you are consistently creating can't live without content consistently. So so here's the situation. You're in you're in the first month of your podcast. Are you going to be consistently creating can't live without content every single episode? Probably not. Um, You know what? In the past couple years, I have been blessed to work with a, a couple clients who are recording their very first episodes, and they're knocking it out of the park. Um, PJ Jonas uh, did this recently with her her show. It's called The Busy Mom's Survival Guide with PJ Jonas. Um, you can find it over at goatmilkstuff.com. But anyway, <clears throat> PJ Jonas knocked it out of the park. But is her first podcast perfect? No. But is it can't live without content? I would I would say yeah. And that's not very common that you you get really high quality can't live without content, you know, within the first 4 or 5 episodes. It it typically doesn't happen. Normally you work yourself into it. So for you, it sounds to me like for you you feel like these the interviews with the homeless people that you've had that you with your own mission and your own purpose that you've set in your heart for this podcast, it sounds to me like that that's that's hitting it on all Eight cylinders, if you will. I can't believe I'm using a car metaphor because I I know nothing about cars. In fact, I almost said four cylinders, so uh, which is a lower powered engine. But anyway, you want to hit it on all eight cylinders, and and you want to have this content that that people you feel is really what the mission and purpose is all about. This is the can't live without content that people need to hear. 
And occasionally, it sounds to me like you have a week where, well, you didn't get a chance to go out and interview somebody. So now you have this, oh, I'm, I'm just going to throw in something. You know, is it going to be related to what the people, you know, the target audience would want to hear? Yes. Is it is it somewhat important? Yes. But but I, I'm just not feeling it's that can't live without content. You know what? You're going to have that. You're going to be working and tweaking on your on the format of your show and the kind of content that you bring to your show probably for at least three or four months before you can actually come to the point where you think, wow, I'm consistently able to come here on a weekly basis and create content that I believe should not be overlooked, that 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 I can't not put this out. That's what I mean by this. And, and, the, and, and the hopes that the audience, when they listen to it, they think, wow, I am so glad I listened to that. Uh, and, and that they'll hopefully tell other people about it. So don't don't put the pressure on yourself to create this within the first three months where you're consistently putting it out. But I do want to speak to your question about these interviews. So it sounds to me like the interviews is where it's at for you. And and I'll be honest with you. I don't know that I'd be interested in hearing news. You know, I'm somewhat intrigued by you going on the street and doing interviews with homeless people and hearing their story. I, 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 that sounds appealing. Wow. And I don't know that the voices among us, actually, the title of the show communicates that that's what that's about. I don't think I would have ever assumed that that was homeless people. Uh, I would actually maybe, you know, make sure that in iTunes you do the voices among us podcast interviews with homeless people, like put all of that in the title of your show, because because interviews with homeless people, that sounds appealing to me. But if all of a sudden I subscribe to a podcast that is about that, that I suspect will be interviews with different homeless people hearing their stories of how this all happened and where they're at in life, that sounds appealing. But if all of a sudden I get an episode or two where it's just news story about the statistics and things that are going on and and bills that are being passed and new things that are happening, is that stuff important? But it's not why I listen to the podcast. It wouldn't be why I subscribe. And that's what I get that you're feeling. So here's my suggestion to you to... Uh, create those can't live without content, those interviews, and being able to consistently keep up with your weekly schedule. And it's two words that I've learned that has massively changed my entire podcasting career and actually my business career. And it is called batch processing. And this is where if you're going to go out and talk with homeless people and do an interview, don't just go out and get one interview. Go out and spend a day and get four or five interviews with different people. So and 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 try to do that, you know, once or twice a month. You do that. If you can go out once or twice a month and get three to four or even five interviews that one day, twice a month, then you will always be able to have enough content. You won't ever have to worry about the weather or any of those other uh, circumstances that are out of your control, you're actually working ahead. And the good news is that you don't have to edit all of those right away, although I would recommend that you spend an entire day in editing. You know, you could actually spend one day going out and getting five interviews, and then you could spend another day that month just going through and editing all five interviews, and then you always have those interviews ready to go. So, I do believe in in creating that can't live without content. After a couple months of your podcast, I'd say after about three months of your podcast, after 90 days, you should be at a place where your audio audio quality kinks and issues are kind of worked out, that you've kind of got a good feel now. Maybe you came into the show with an understanding of you know, what your your topic was and what your focus would be, but now all of a sudden you're kind of feeling like, Oh, maybe I need to tweak it a little bit. That's what Man Cave Radio did. Um, and then then once you have that, after about 90 days, you should have a really good, clear uh, understanding of who your target audience is, what your message, mission, and purpose is, even if it's changed from its original uh, version. And then you should be at the place where you've kind of figured out all the editing quirks and post-production. You should, you know, I, I just got an email somewhere in my inbox the other day. Somebody said that, you know, my first episode, it took me 16 hours to produce it, Uh, which, by the way, that's not out of the norm. I've seen people. It's happened to me before. Uh, Well, maybe 16 hours is a bit much. And he said his second one's down to 10 hours. 
And and you know what that that you know with all the hard work that he's doing, you know, he could certainly change a couple things, uh, and we could get it down to probably about two hours. But anyway, here's the situation: you, you're going to work all that stuff out in the first ninety days. Don't put the pressure on yourself to have that high quality can't live without content within the first 90 days. But here's the other thing. Don't expect your audience size to just jump through the roof within the first 90 days either. You're still working it out. And once you have it all worked out, here's my recommendation. Before you go out telling the world about your podcast, before you go out you know, spreading the word and doing all this marketing and all of this stuff, let's just say that after 90 days, you have uh, all these podcasts in your in your archives, which is great. But go ahead and spend it uh, like four weeks of solid back to back. Can't live without content, where you know every single week you've consistently put out an episode that you feel great about, not just good, but great about. Once you have four of those episodes in place, and you have a con- you have confidence that the rest of your episodes are going to be just as great as those four, at the end of those four back-to-back awesome episodes, that's when you start spreading the word. That's when you start marketing it. That's when you go out and find that target audience. And and, And those four episodes are the ones you promote. That's the key. You promote those great episodes, those most recent episodes. My friends, let me tell you, um, podcast answer, man. I recently decided to cut back on the number of shows that I've done. I can tell you right now, podcast answer, man, the, 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 the subscription numbers for this podcast going way up because each week I've spent more and more time in pre-show uh, preparation and in post-production. This show is better now than it's ever been before. So, I'm actually sharing with you that that even I'm improving things. I am just now, after 200 and some odd episodes, to the place where I feel like every single week I am bringing my A game. And, and, and the reason I didn't do it before is because I spread myself too thin. So anyway, Robert, I hope that this answers your question. So, the, so the, again, the question was, should I focus on can't live without content or should I cons- should I actually put all of my time, effort, and energy into making sure that I'm just consistently releasing content? My answer to that question is both. You should be working towards both. Until you get to the can't live without content every single week, you definitely, in my opinion, you must be putting that weekly content out. Even if it can't, even if it's not can't live without content within the first 90 days, you need to get something out there. You need to put the first episode out. You need to put the second one. You need to get past the deadly episode number seven. You know, just keep doing it. You'll get there, I promise. And then after after about 90 days, you should be at that place where you're consistently, not just consistently putting out episodes, but it's, it's consistently can't live without. So that's what you should be striving toward, toward but don't expect it out of the gate. Robert, thank you for the question, and I'm so glad that we were able to cover that here in the show. We're going to move right along. I'm trying to look at my clock here. I think I have enough time. I want to tell you about an interesting story that I recently saw on Kickstarter. Kickstarter is this service where you can go in and tell people, hey, I have this idea for a product or service or something, and i really not sure if anybody wants me to do this or if there's a market for it. But here's the deal. This is how much money I need to raise. And if I raise this much money, I will do this project. Okay. And and so I've I've supported a lot of Kickstarter product projects. Uh, well, not a lot, but a couple Kickstarter projects. I've ordered um this thing called the Glyph, which was a tripod stand for the iPhone 4. I got the Cosmonaut, which is a a, a stylus for the iPad. Cool company over there doing some cool things. But anyway. I just saw this very interesting story about a podcast on Kickstarter thanks to Elsie Escobar, great friend and also a member of the Podcast Mastermind. Anyway, Elsie told me about this thing. It's from the Idle Thumbs Video Game Podcast. And listen to this. They had done a podcast in the past and they had kind of pod faded. And, you know, they decided, you know what, we we want to start this back up. And before we're gonna, before we actually go through the process of of actually going through and starting this podcast again, we want to raise thirty thousand dollars. 
And, you know, some people might hear that. And it's like, oh, come on. Who's ever going to do that? Right. Well, my friends, let me tell you, they ended their project and they did meet their goal of 30,000. But guess how much money they raised? One hundred thirty six thousand nine hundred and twenty four dollars. And this, my friends, is the audio from the video on their site, which got them that much money. A few years ago, we started doing a weekly video game podcast we called Idle Thumbs. It grew directly out of the kinds of after-work conversations we all had as friends in the video game industry. And those conversations were this great mix of criticism about games and game culture and like serious stuff. And we just diverge into complete nonsense trying to crack each other up. But we didn't really know if anybody was listening, or especially if anybody ever liked it. Some people liked it a lot. So our audience grew, and we had fan meetups, and we actually did a live show at PAX in 2010. It seemed like we had some great momentum going, and like we could take Auto Thumbs a lot of places, but it just didn't turn out that way. Some of us got jobs across the country. And aside from some meetups and sort of one-off episodes at industry events, the podcast was all but dead. But now we're back. And with your help, Idle Thumbs will be too. We're putting all the pieces into place to bring back the weekly podcast, and we want to do it right. So now our goal is to get Idle Thumbs to pay for itself. It costs thousands of dollars a year to host, even today. We want Idle Thumbs to grow. For example, when we come back, we're not just launching with the main video game podcast, we're also launching a book club podcast, where every month we'll pick a book and then discuss it on the air and take reader mail as well. Plus, we want a place to record this thing. Recording the podcast together in a well-miked room is something that's really important to us, and it's something we think our listeners appreciate about the podcast. We want to find an office, even a tiny closet-sized one in the bad part of town, to record the podcast and plan the site's future. We want Thumbs to have the space to become something more than just a hobby project. So that's why we're doing this Kickstarter campaign. With your help, we can not just bring back Idle Thumbs, we can turn it into something more than it was before it left. All right, so there you go, my friends. Um, $136,924 they raised with that video on their site. I'll tell you what I'll do is I'll just put a link to the Kickstarter project online. You know, obviously, they had built themselves an audience back in the day before they pod faded, and, you know, they they probably had built a pretty significant significant quality uh, community around their project before and I'll tell you what there's there's a lot of power in building a quality product in the beginning and then seeing how supportive your community is of what you're doing so I just wanted to say congratulations to the guys over at Idle Thumbs video game podcast on raising not not just their goal of 30,000 but almost $137,000 in funding to to get the thing relaunched I imagine they'll be able to find that hole-in-the-wall office somewhere in the corner of the city to, to get things off the ground. Hey, uh, I'm going to run through these real quickly here. PodCamp Nashville, April 14th, 2012. I will be there. I look forward to seeing you there if you can make it. Again, go to podcampnashville.com. Get signed up. It's absolutely free. won't cost you anything. If you're anywhere near the Nashville, Tennessee area, it's uh, Saturday, April 14th. I would love to have you come to my session. So uh, go check it out. Uh, also, I would normally put this at the end of the show, the Bluehost affiliate sign-up thank yous. Uh, but because I'm doing something special with the end of the show today, I just want to say real quick thank you to CapeCodTraveler.com for using my Bluehost affiliate sign-up. Uh, as you guys know, I do get a very generous commission from Bluehost, and I just really appreciate it when you go to podcastanswerman.com, click on the resources tab, and use my affiliate links when you're purchasing things. Also, real quickly, blog world update. I want to let you know that um, the podcasting track as of tomorrow, March 30th, by the end of the day, I should have have confirmed every single session all the titles, all the descriptions, and I would say that probably 95, 96, 97% of every speaker confirmed for the Blog World NYC event in June, and it is going to be amazing. I can't even begin to tell you how excited I am. It is just going to be awesome. It's going to be June 5th, 6th, and 7th at the Jacob Javits Convention Center in New York City. Guys, if you want to sign up, go to podcastanswerman.com. On the right-hand side of my site, you will see where it says I'm speaking at Blog World. Click on that link. 
then go through and and make sure that you click to you know s- secure your spot, get your ticket, whatever. Use promo code GSPN10 and you will get 10% off the purchase. And I recommend that you get the three-day blogger slash podcaster pass. And now, my friends, I am going to do something unique and I am going to be including right here the very first inaugural episode of The Podcast Report. It is a podcast devoted to the Blog World and New Media Expo podcasting track. And I'll tell you what, it takes care of itself and explaining itself and all of that good stuff. So with that, I'm just going to wrap up and say, you know what, this is the end of the this my portion here. And here's that first episode. And I think next week I should be able to have a link where you can actually go and uh, find that on the web on the Blog World site. And of course, give it about uh, give it about a week and you should be able to subscribe to it in iTunes. It'll certainly be there by next Thursday. Anyway, thank you all for tuning in. And here is the first episode of The Podcast Report. Hi, this is Mer Lafferty from I Should Be Writing and Escape Pod. And you are listening to The Podcast Report for Blog World and New Media Expo. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the very first, the inaugural episode for The Podcast Report, a podcast devoted solely to the podcasting track of the Blog World and New Media Expo. My friends, I have an amazing episode for you here today. That's right, my friends. Cliff Ravenscraft here from PodcastAnswerMan.com and your host for The Podcast Report. And I just want to tell you that this entire podcast is 100% devoted to the podcasting community, specifically as it relates to the industry-leading conference for the podcasting community. That is, my friends, Blog World and New Media Expo. Now, many of you out there already are very familiar with the uh, previous history of the Podcast Expo, which turned into the Podcast and Portable Media Expo, and which turned into the Podcast and New Media Expo, New Media Expo, then actually the the rights to that conference purchased by Blog World and New Media Expo. And for those of you who are not familiar with the story, and those of you who even are familiar with the story, but you don't know the inside story of how all the things have happened, well, this first episode, my friends, is going to tell you all about it. Now, before we get into my very first interview here for the podcast report with Rick Calvert, CEO and co-founder of Blog World, I just want to give you just a feeling of what this podcast is going to be about. First and foremost, tell you right up the front, I am going to be producing an episode each and every week leading up to the June 2012 Blog World New Media Expo event. That, my friends, is being held on June 5th, 6th, and 7th, and I am delighted to say that there is going to be a full-blown podcasting track, 24 sessions, and I am almost finished as I'm recording this intro with the final touches on exactly confirming all of the speakers and the fact that actually I was actually asked to give um, half solo sessions and half panel sessions. So many podcasters on board, so many people I talked to. I hope Rick doesn't get mad at me, but uh, to be honest with you, I think all but four of them are uh, panel sessions. So we're going to have a lot of podcasters there talking about uh, some wonderful things. And I'm going to be sharing with you in future episodes just what those sessions are so that you can choose ahead of time what what sessions are going to be the ones that you want to attend. As a podcaster, how you can take things to the next level, that's what I'm all about. And I am so delighted to have this podcast. You know what? There'll be plenty of time for me to share more about what this thing's all about in future episodes. We're going to cut right to the chase here today and get right into an interview and with Rick Calvert and talk about the history of Blog World, how it all came about, and the podcasting track. And I got one special thing for you. I just want to tell you, there is a major announcement that I got Rick to, I convinced Rick to share with us here in the podcast about the podcasting track about the future of Blog World. It's awesome. Make sure you listen. And by the way, tell somebody else about the podcast report. 
Thank you very much. And here's that interview now. All right, my friends, I am on the line right now with Rick Calvert, CEO, co-founder of Blog World and New Media Expo. Rick, man, I am so excited about this brand new podcast. I am. I, I can't tell you how excited I am about it as well, Cliff. So thank you very much. And just as we get started, the phone's ringing in the background. Love it. Hey, we're live to hard drive here, so we're just going to move forward unless you need to take the call. Nope, I, I killed that ringing phone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Rick, here's the deal. Uh, we're going to be talking to a lot of people out there in the podcasting community who are quite aware of Blog World, its history, the history of the old Podcast Expo, Podcast Portable Media Expo, the Podcast New Media Expo, and all of that stuff. Uh, for those who don't have that history, we're going to share that with them. But before we do, there just the concept of Blog World altogether, I'd like to explain to those who don't know what Blog World is and how did you get it started? So back in... I, I started reading blogs. I'll, I'll give the very short version of this long story. I started reading blogs back in 2000 during the presidential election. There was the whole controversy about, uh, you know, the Florida election and all that sort of stuff. And I'd been reading them for quite a while. Then 9-11 happened. And I mean, the blogosphere, the political blogosphere in particular was just exploding. And then fast forward to 2005, I'd been reading blogs for a while. And I called into this radio show. It's called The Hugh Hewitt Show. He's a political uh, talk radio guy. I, I used to have this job where I drove two hours each way in traffic every day. So I listened to talk radio while I did. And uh, I don't remember what he said or what I said. But at the end of the conversation, he said, you should start a blog. So I'd been thinking about it for quite a while, but I don't have a technology background of any kind. And I thought it was difficult. So I went home and I Googled, you know, how do you start a blog? And, I, you know, the first thing that came up was Blogger. And I, I you know, clicked a couple of, of, of uh, clicks. And the next thing you know, I have a blog. Uh, I called it The Real Ugly American. It was a political blog. And it immediately took off. I started getting, uh, building an audience right away. And then uh, Hugh Hewitt even linked to me and a bunch of other, you know, popular political bloggers linked to me. I considered myself to be kind of in the middle of the political spectrum. And so I had friends on the left in the blogosphere and friends on the right in the blogosphere. And, you know, advertisers contacted me. They wanted to advertise on my blog. And one thing led to another. And I just thought, wow, I need to go to the blogging trade show. There has to be one. There's a trade show for everything. And um, I think it's important to say my job was in the trade show business. I, I've produced some of the biggest trade shows in North America um, in the past. And so I went looking, it didn't exist. And so I asked some of my friends, you know, my, my blogger friends, I said, would you go to this? And um, they said, yeah, that sounds like fun. And so I asked my trade show friends and they said, you have to start that show right now. That's an amazing idea. And so I started doing the research and I realized, oh wait, it's not just blogging. It's blogging, it's podcasting, it's internet television, it's social networking. All of those things need to be a part of it. And um, you know, Twitter didn't even exist yet when we'd started this process. And so that's how we came up with the original name of the show was Blog World and New Media Expo. So you, you were already thinking about podcasting in the other realms of all of this stuff when you first created the show. The Absolutely. My world you know, before I started looking into this was just political blogging. I didn't even, I'd never heard of Robert Scoble or Dave Weiner or, you know, TechCrunch. I mean, I didn't know any of those things. All I knew were political bloggers. And like I said, when I started researching it to find out who should come to the show, I started realizing, oh, there's all these technology guys and there's podcasters and, you know, there's internet TV and there's all these other things that are happening they all need to be a part of it because to me, they're all part of the same whole. So, yeah, that was our plan from the very beginning. And tell me, when did this get started in compared to what Tim and Emil Berkwin were doing? So, literally days before we announced the launch of Blog World and New Media Expo, I found this show called Podcast and Portable New Media Expo. And I believe it was Tim's second year. And... Um, it happened to be about 20 miles from my house. I, I live about 20 miles south of Ontario, California at the time. And uh, so I'm like, wait a minute, what's this podcasting expo? Who are these people? And I looked it up and I see Tim Berkwin 
I, I knew Tim Berkwin. He had offered me a job to work for him on another trade show because he also has a trade show background. And it's so funny that we had this you know, parallel experience where he started podcasting, wanted to go to the podcasting show. It didn't exist, so he started it. But Tim, you know, the, the significant difference was Tim didn't expand that reach of the show beyond podcasting. It was just podcasting focused. And so, you know, his name of his show was just Podcast Expo, then Podcast and Portable Media Expo, then Podcast and New Media Expo. And then the last year he changed the name to New Media Expo. And we were always Blog World and New Media Expo. Gotcha. And so how did it happen that Blog World took over the the rights, of, I guess, of the New Media Expo from the Berkwin brothers? Well, the moment that I found the show, I'm like, I said to myself, we have to work together. And again, I already knew Tim. I liked him. So I went to his show and uh, I looked him up and I said, hey, Tim, the show is amazing because it was. And uh, I showed him my card. I said, look, this is what we're doing now. And um, he looked at me, you know, kind of funny. <laughs> I said, how do we work together? And uh, so we'd had meetings every year talking about how do we work together? And then the fourth year uh, of, of Podcast Expo, Tim moved to Vegas. We had always been in Vegas from Ontario. And uh, you probably remember, Cliff, there was some blowback for him for moving from Ontario to Vegas. And Tim called, our shows were a month apart from each other that year. And um, our show kept growing and Podcast Expo was actually declining just a little bit. And um, Tim called me shortly after and said, Rick, would you buy me out? And uh, we said yes. And that's how it happened. So that was uh, 2008, I believe. Right. Now, I just want to let people know that uh, back in my early days of when all of this stuff was happening, I was just building my brand. I, I started my podcasting stuff as a hobby and have turned it into what is now a very successful and even financially lucrative uh, business around podcasting today. But back in the days, it wasn't that I wasn't uh, it, it. Well, let's just say it took a while to get it all off the ground. And I didn't even attend any of those original podcast expos. So I don't have the history of being there, but I certainly am very involved in extremely deep relationships with the entire podcasting community as a whole. And I do recognize and have had many of the conversations with folks that, you know, Ontario, California, it, it, at first it seemed like a, an odd place in the middle of nowhere to have this, you know, this podcasting community to come together for this conference. But from what I've heard from the community that there was just this sense of, well, we're at this conference, we're at this hotel, and well, there's these surrounding hotels, but really there's not a lot of distraction. So you've got the conference all day, but the, when it comes to the nightlife, it's, well, <laughs> the only thing to do in Ontario is to hang out with all the other people who have come to Ontario, and the podcasting community stayed together, and everybody loved it, and you had this just, it was just really cool for everybody to come together, the synergy of podcasting, not just during the conference, but after the conference, the entire event was there, and from what I heard is when they moved to Vegas, I'm I'm hearing there were two different things. Number one, you know, the conference was great, people were at the conference, but uh, when it came to the nightlife, it, it instead of like, okay, where are we hanging out as a community of podcasters together to, oh, we're in Vegas. What show are we going to go to or what club are we hanging out at or what are we going to do here? So there was distractions was one thing. And also I heard that, you know, there was there was a very big movement into, well, as podcasting as an industry, it looks like this is a place where we can all get rich and this is how we can all turn it into, you know, monetization. And it seemed like that was that became like an overarching, very deep focus. And it and it kind of left out, I guess, maybe some of the creative folks. Have you heard some of that as well, Rick? I certainly heard those things um, within the community and from Tim at the time. Because again, we, we would talk quite a bit and, and Tim would always say, um, you know, I'm getting beat up for all of these things and the community's upset at me for this and that. And, and we just never experienced that. And if you look at the last, Tim put up a blog post after the last New Media Expo that said, basically, I'm fed up, I'm quitting the business. You guys are a bunch of malcontents and I'm done with you. Wow. And I mean, and the post is still there, I'm sure. And you look at my blog post after our show, and I literally, I remember the title said, Basking in the Glow. I, I, I've done trade shows for almost 20 years, and 
as an exhibitor, as an attendee, and as a show organizer. And I've been to some of the most amazing events in the world. But our show at Blog World in 2008, and, and it's very pretty consistent for us each year, the community was so positive and so excited. And just every, it was this love fest that a podcast expo definitely had the first two years. It felt awkward that people were so happy and mm. so content. And, and, and I had to share that afterwards. And um, it was just this weird um, divergence, you know, between the two events. And, and obviously, I mean, we've had this challenge with the podcasting community and a lot of things that we've done wrong um, ever since we, you know, had that transaction with Tim and Podcast Expo. So, so you acquired the podcast New Media Expo, or actually, I guess at that point, it was the New Media Expo. You acquired the rights to it. And I had never heard of Blog World before in my life. And all of a sudden, every podcaster I know is talking about Blog World, and they're all going to Blog World. And I was, it was that one time where it's like, I should go to Blog World. I should go to Blog And I never pulled the trigger. But man, everybody was there. I remember everybody podcasting talking about it in their podcast it it seemed like everybody is really excited but there seemed to be some kind of fallout and i think it came to something and this is something you shared with me the first time you and i talked at blog world nyc last year and it was something about the idea of the fact that the the, the term podcasting kind of got dropped yeah so what happened there I mean, that's one of the mistakes that we've made and and one other thing i'll mention is uh, you mentioned that lack of community feel at Podcast Expo, um, particularly when they went to Vegas. In Ontario, those evening community get-togethers really happened organically, except for the podcasting awards that uh, Todd Cochran organized. Everything else was just kind of organic and happened on its own. It wasn't official. Where at Blog World and New Media Expo, we have an official party for everyone every night. And so everybody knows, oh, yeah, we're all going there. And now some people do split off and go to you know, private dinners or other things. But the overwhelming majority of our community stays together from beginning to end of the show. And, um, and I think that's a pretty big difference, especially when you go to a big city. And we could talk about that another time, why we've, we've always held Blog World in a big city like Vegas or New York. There's a reason for that. Um, but, yeah, I think it was 2000. Nine, or maybe it's 2010, they all run together now, where we put a committee together uh, with a lot of um, industry uh, podcasters, people from the community, um, Dave Hamilton from Mac Voices Podcast, um, Paul Colligan, uh, several other people, and um, somebody mentioned, you know, it's all kind of really digital broadcasting, because at the time... We were, we were lumping together podcasting and web TV. And, and, uh, and this is something that we've done wrong. I guess we've done wrong or we failed to see as clearly as we see it now that, you know, our event is here to serve bloggers, podcasters, and web TV producers. And because of, as I mentioned, when we first started the show, Twitter didn't exist. The second year of Blog World, people said, you should change the name to Twitter World because everybody was talking about Twitter so much. Hmm. Um, and we said, no, we're not going to do that. And so we can't agree on the terminology. You know, again, we, we call the show Blog World and New Media Expo to try to include everybody. When the, when the show started, most people didn't know what a blog was, and even fewer people knew what a podcast was. And so we used the name Blog World because that had cast the biggest net to let people think, oh, yeah. That's the show I should go to if I want to know anything about this new media industry, um, because blogging was in the news every day back then. You know, every newspaper or magazine or television show was talking about blogging. What are blogs? Why should you blog? Should companies blog. Bloggers making money. What is blogging? I mean, it was just everywhere, and um, and so that was the right name at the time. But New Media Expo was meant to be this catch-all. But now. You have people call it social media. People call it social networking. 
but we still, the, the larger point is we still can't agree on what the terminology is. Well, it doesn't, and, it doesn't help that, you know, Leo Laporte comes out to, which by the way, I just want to say real quickly for the record, I absolutely love Leo Laporte. I, I, I admire the guy maybe way too much, but anyway, here's the thing. It, it doesn't help that he comes to, I guess the por- podcast and portable media expo and he does a keynote and suggests why everybody needs to dump the word podcasting. And we're all going to, I suggest we do net casting. <laughs> Right. You know, and so. Right. And by the way, it was Don McAllister, not to, not to lay the blame on him, who said, what don't we, you know, it's really digital broadcasting. And this was, again, I think 2009. And I said, yeah, we're going to call it the digital broadcasting track. And the idea, um, the idea, what I hear in the argument for this is that, you know, we shouldn't call ourselves podcasting because podcasting is one distribution. We're content creators and, and we as content creators should be making use of the distribution channel of podcasting, of YouTube, online streaming video. We should be using blogging. Uh, we should be using all of the different channels. We should be using this, the social network. So it's digital broadcasting content creators we we are not and, and i i was even told this back when i called myself the podcast answer man and told everybody as a you know michael w Cohagen came out and says podcasting is dead do you remember that when podango went went under i do and i remember and i kid robert scoble about this all the time he he predicts blogging is dead every year so <laughs> um and, and and by the way we learned loud and clear podcasting was nowhere close to dead and the podcasting community insists that the term is podcasting and that it's completely different from these other channels and it's its own unique entity and unique subculture within the larger new media community. And and I want to say that I am one of those people. I I am a podcaster. Yes, I am a content creator. I am a producer of content. I create content. But first and foremost, my medium of choice, my distribution channel of choice, the one that I have fallen in love with is podcasting. I am a podcaster. Do I blog? Yes. Do I have a YouTube channel? Yes. Do I do screencasting? Yes. Do I photo blog? Yes. But I am a podcaster. But here's the thing. Inside the podcasting community, I have a conversation. It may, I think it was with Evo Terra yesterday. He's like, you know, I'm really not that, I really don't like the term podcasting. But anyway, there, even inside of the podcasting community, people who are, pot, who I consider to be podcasters are like, man, I really wish we could do away with the podcasting language. Even today. It's funny that you, you know, you use Evo as one of those uh, examples because I've talked to so many people who drop his name as a prototypical podcaster. Mm-hmm. As you know, if Evo Terra is not a part of the program, then it's not about podcasting. And um, so it is very, and Leo Laporte, I would say, I would put in that kind of category as well, right? Yeah. So many podcasters look up to him, and he's one of those guys who's been pushing to to kill the term podcasting for a long time. And I know you had a a great conversation with him where you, you, you got him to say that, you know, podcasting as a, as a term, at least as a description is not dead and it's not going to die anytime soon. And not only that, but as an industry and, and as a mechanism for growing and building an audience and, and actually creating something that is lasting and can have a positive impact on people's lives. I got him to say that and equate it to the word podcasting and say, that it's not dead. And if you don't mind, can I give one plug for that interview? Because this is the thing that I think out of all of my career in podcasting, I'm most proud of. It's at podcastanswerman.com forward slash Leo interview. Podcastanswerman.com slash Leo interview. I could not be more proud of that interview than I than I am. But so so here's the thing. One of the things you recognize is that the podcasters who aren't crazy about the term podcasting they could care less whether or not you call it podcasting or not. But the podcast, there's a very large segment of the podcasting community that says, if you don't call it podcasting, well, then I don't want to be a part of it. Or, or maybe it's that. But I think more importantly than that, Cliff, is that even those people like Leo um, who say, you know, we should call it something other than podcasting, they don't have another term that describes that distribution method that everyone can agree with. Right. And so, and this is what's become clear to me really just in the last three, four months now. And, and, and that we know 
to consolidate our own message and so everyone can identify and, and certainly we identify and it makes sense to me now. It's so clear and I wish I, it would have been this clear five years ago is that our audience, our community is bloggers, podcasters, and web TV producers. And if you say, as you just said so well, you know, you do all of those things, but you are primarily, and the thing you enjoy the most is podcasting. And if you say, you know, Blog World is about blogging, podcasting, and web TV, I would say 99.9% of all digital content creators would self-select themselves in one of those three boxes. I, I would have to agree with that. And so that's the, what the terminology needs to be now. That's, that's the people we have to serve. That's the, the, the community we have to speak to. That's what we have to do. So the podcasting track, obviously this is a podcast devoted to the podcasting track and I, I couldn't be more delighted to be in charge of putting together the, the actual podcasting track for Blog World and New Media Expo. But podcasting, I just want to communicate to everyone out there, podcasting is going to be called podcasting moving forward. It's going to be given uh, equal attention to blog, blogging and web TV moving forward in this conference. Is that correct? That's absolutely correct. Uh, and and we're working on, there's two things we're doing right now. Number one, we're making some changes to the existing website. So that becomes apparent that, again, our audience is bloggers, podcasters, and web TV producers. But we're actually rebuilding the entire website, which we should re, uh, reveal right about the time of the New York show. And that'll be exactly what you see when you come to the homepage of the site is blogging, podcasting, web TV, and you select one of those things and then everything you see from there on out will be all about that community. Excellent. One of the questions I have for you, and, and I've got a couple uh, related to, you know, some of the experience in the past of the, of the podcasting community, you know, first and foremost, why is it blog world? <laughs> <laughs> New Media Expo. Yeah. <laughs> What's up with that? Well, as I mentioned at the beginning, um, when we had the idea for the show, Blog World and New Media Expo in 2006, that was the most all-inclusive name we could come up with and also the most familiar name we could come up with. And, you know, for whatever reason, people dropped the whole New Media Expo part Every time, if you look on Twitter or Google Plus or Facebook, people just call it Blog World or Blog World Expo or BWE. We made the hashtag BWE um, because that's short tag. Um, but we've struggled with that name for the last four years and thought, okay, we know we're going to have to change the name of the show someday. What are we going to change it to? And I've always told people who ask me about that, you know, we're married to the mission. We're not married to the name. And we'll make a little news now. Maybe we are going to change the name of the show this year uh, from the stage in New York. Awesome. I don't, I don't know what that will be yet, but it will be more inclusive. Blog world will no longer be the name of the show and it will be representative of all bloggers, podcasters, and web TV content producers. This is something that I've been working at, I mean, night and day for the last two weeks, working with the podcasting community, telling them just about the commitment of Blog World, bringing a focus and attention to the podcasting community, giving us a podcasting track. And I said, you guys got to trust me. I can't tell you anything yet, but there's going to be an announcement. So, so we are sharing here that... Uh, an announcement from the stage at NYC is that uh, there is going to be a name change. And moving forward, it, it, is, it is here. This is the first place that I know publicly that it's being shared that Blog World will no longer be the name of the conference. That's correct. That is, yeah. that is interesting stuff, my friend. You know, there are going to be some people out there that is just going to tell you, man, Rick, you've, you're making a huge mistake, man. Brand recognition. I mean, what do you think about that? Have you heard those thoughts uh, in talking about this with other people? Absolutely. That's one of the things that makes it hard um, to change the name, but it's, it's kind of like ripping the Band-Aid off. It's, you just have to do it and you'll feel better after. And, you know, what do we do? We continue to speak to just one third of our total community and ignore the other two thirds. We can't do that. So um, it's the right thing to do and it's the right time to do it. 
and, and, and I know that people hearing this right now, some of them are in shock. Some of them probably have to come back and rewind after they, you know, get up from being passed out. But but this is what I love because and this is why I told people, I said, it's, it's going to take a lot for me to put off everything that I'm doing in my own personal business in life to take on this podcasting track leadership thing. But it was when you told me that Blog World in all of its brand recognition that it's built all of these years is getting ready to say, you know what, we're going to show you just how much we don't intend to make blogging our beloved first child and podcasting and any other kind of broadcasting out there or any kind of other mechanism as a ugly stepchild. That's and, right. And that and and that I know that sometimes perception is everything, but that has been the perception. And in fact, Rick, if you don't mind, I am going to ask you one very tough question. And I know okay. you have an answer for it, but it's still a tough question. And that is somebody says, "Okay, Cliff, well I get this, but uh, you're telling me that all of these things are changing. There's all this stuff going on and you're really excited, but why is it that I go to Blog World Expo and all I see out there are bloggers on that front page?" Yeah, it's true. And again, um, we've we've talked about that as well. So first of all, related to this particular show this year, as you know, um, it's only been a couple of short weeks since you've taken on this role. And so uh, I know you're signing up podcasters every day for the podcasting track. And that is going to change to where it's going to be a third, a third, a third bloggers, podcasters, and web TV producers that you see on the homepage. Um, and then again, um, there'll be a community page for each of those communities, bloggers, podcasters, and web TV, where when you click on one of those three headlines, it will take you to that community. And that's all you'll see are podcasters or information, content, sessions, speakers related to podcasters. That is amazing. I, I love it. And of course, the the good news, and I know some of the the issue that I've had in conversation with some of the people who in the past have, have seen how the blogging and slash the podcasting tracks and, and the digital broadcasting tracks and how that stuff has gone in the past is like, it just seems like, you know, blogging, it, it, man, those people get right up on there and it seems like that's priority. And then it's, you know, a couple of weeks or maybe just a month or two before the event then all of a sudden you start seeing a couple of podcasters getting at it here and there and not enough time to promote it, not enough time to get excited. And I just want to say that I'm delighted to say that I'm on board for the long haul until Rick gets tired of me. Uh, and I, you know, it, you, as soon as you tell me, hey, it's time to start putting out uh, things for the next event, I've already got plans and actually invitations and even commitments from people that they will be at the next event. So by the time, you know, the Blog World NYC website and, and stuff gets transitioned to the next event, um, I, it's my personal goal that a podcaster is the first one on there. <laughs> and 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 we'll have it because I've already got those commitments. Rick, this has been an honor to be able to have you on here to explain the history of Blog World New Media Expo, to explain the history of of Podcast Expo and how that actually got brought into Blog World. I know that we touched on, you know, some of the history, some of the the misconceptions people have had about the the goal and the focus and the intent of bringing the podcasting community on board. I know that people are going to see, I mean, if they, obviously they have to know that if you're willing to give up the, the brand recognition of the blog world name so that you can be all inclusive and have something that shows that you are genuinely focused equally on blogging, podcasting, web TV, this just goes so far. And I can't tell you, I, I am so excited. I made the decision to, to join you on this team to help you bring the podcasting community back to blog world. And also to put together a podcasting um, track that is going to be appealing to just about all of the different segments of the podcasting community. Cliff, you know, you and I have had this conversation privately several times now. I'm so excited that I was able to convince you to take on this monumental task. You are the perfect person. And, you know, I've, I've talked to several other people about it now. And I know you've talked to lots of people as you're securing speakers uh, and, and supporters of the podcasting track. And everybody realizes, you know, you're the perfect guy for this. And again, I, I know that New York is going to be the best 
presence for podcasters that we've ever done at our event. And I know that's just the beginning, that the next show is going to be even bigger and better. And I just can't wait for people to actually get there, for, for us to have the next conversation to talk about all the podcasters are going to be speaking at the show this year, and then for people to actually get there and see it, experience it firsthand and say, wow, this w- really was different, and I can't wait for the next one. Absolutely. Well, my friends, that's going to wrap it up here for this very first episode of the Podcast Report for Blog World and New Media Expo, soon to be under a different name. Anyway, my friends, I am so delighted to have this first episode giving everyone a brief overview of the history of the industry conferences for podcasting and the podcasting community. And I'm delighted to say that this community, the podcast community, has a conference moving forward and some amazing things are going to happen. Hey, I just want to let you know this episode or this podcast is going to be here each and every week all the way through the June event. I will be sharing with you in future episodes just some of the amazing things coming to the podcasting track, speakers and sessions, titles, descriptions, and more. Tell other people about the podcast reports. 